Hello, my outliers out there. Welcome to another episode of Is That So? Season 3. Today, we will be talking about Jungian shadows and shamanism with Knock and Doc. Knock and Doc. Y'all get Knock and Doc today. So I'm excited to have Doc on here. He's been on the When Harry Met Daphne show. He's also held us at this exclusive place for for learning how to forage and identifying plants and which are poisonous, which are not. Definitely took his recipe on how to make cheese to heart and came home immediately after that weekend and made cheese. I mean, literally the next day or actually it may have been the same day because I traveled home in the middle of the night. Either way, the man got some skills that I learned. And again, intentionality reflects relationship. Right. So I had to be intentional about doing something with those skills lest they become faded and then fade away in my memory. And I no longer know how to make cheese when I had this brilliant expert doctor teach me the skill of making cheese. Now, Dr. Merriweather, if y'all haven't heard about him, go find out about him. I'm going to put his banner right here. Dr. Mark Merriweather Porterbrugen. I got to say the full name at least one time. Dr. Mark Merriweather Porterbrugen. I, th- I think I pronounced that right. That's This is an exotic name. So either he was destined to be some type of like genius, educating the public in something, some type of specialty, or he was destined to become a vampire. That was one of the two. With that last name, Borderbrook, and he was definitely on the verge of vampirism. But thankful, thankfully for us, he became a teacher and he's teaching us all types of things, plant medicine. His uh, website is Medicine Man Plant Co. And I put it down here at the bottom so y'all can see. But for those on the podcast, of course, I'm going to go back over this at the end of the podcast. But I wanted to just give y'all a, just a prelude to who I'm bringing on the stage. And you're going to understand why in this episode, I've decided to play the role of student. So I'm just going to sit in the background. We're well, not in the background. I'm going to sit right beside my brother. But he's going to be the one that's teaching about Jungian shadows and shamanism. I I know enough. I know I know some some things about shamanism and uh, of course about Jungian shadows. Call young until the unconscious becomes conscious. It will direct your life and you will call it fate. Y'all have heard me say it before. But I also know that in all our knowingness, there is more to know. I put out a reel recently and I said that many of us give in to the great deceiver of the mind and that it convinces us that we know a thing when we only know of a thing. And I liken that to someone coming to me and saying, saying something about you, uh, for example. Someone come to me and say something about you. And then later on uh, uh, down the road, someone asked me, somebody else asked me, hey, do you know so-and-so talking about you? If I'm being honest, I would have to say I know of them, but I don't really know them. You see, I don't know you unless I know you. Same goes for knowledge. I, you don't know unless and many of us have been convinced that we know when we truly know of. Real world example, do we understand that the digestion center being the stomach, that when we have stomach pains, those pains, pain is meant to break, make you aware of a thing. That's what your pain is there to do. Not to bring in judgment, but to say your awareness needs to be in this location. With all that being said, now I'm really going back. See, that's why I had to get all this out right now, because I'm going back to studency and I'm going to let my brother teach us all about this topic. It's knock and dock, but I'm letting him, he's, I'm on his tutelage today. So without further ado, I'm going to bring in my brother, Dr. Merriweather. I said the full name already. I ain't saying it again. There he is. What's going on, Doc? Hey, I got to tell you, that's probably the best intro I've ever had. 
And then everything after that, I'm thinking, oh man, we need to have a six hour sit down broadcast conversation and, and just a couple of beers and chatting because there there's so many things like, ooh, ooh, I like to talk about that. Ah, ah, that. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I get excited when when people talk. <laughs> yeah. Same here. Same here, Doc. So I appreciate that, man. As they say, real recognize real, right? Yes. Most definitely. <laughs> Most definitely. So, Doc, welcome to the stage. Sir, did you wanna did you want to tell the people anything anything to introduce yourself before we begin? Yeah, so just a little more background. Like I said, my my education, I have a master's in medicinal chemistry, a PhD in physical organic chemistry, but I've devoted my life to understanding the the chemistry and the physics of nature our place in that and how to use things from nature like our ancestors did for two and a half million years to better our lives and our health. Because I believe a lot of our issues are due to the maladaption between our prehistoric bodies and modern life. And so reconnecting us to nature goes a long way towards making us fit back in in the world we've created. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> that is passion. That is passion and education and knowing your shit. That's what that sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this a very, very long time. <laughs> That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Experience has definitely been good to you, brother. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So tie this in for me, man. How does that, based off of your passion, it, it, does that tie into Jungian shadows and shamanism or is this another branch? Okay, so I see everything as a whole. Mm -hmm. There, There's walls, but each wall is part of the room that is our existence in the universe. And so I've been, I've been actually, ever since you approached me with this topic, I've been, been thinking about it and how best to explain my views in a way that hopefully people can understand the, the concept of sh shamanism and the shadows and all that sort of thing. And, and so I think I got some good allegories because uh, it seems like the best teachers, they use the allegories. But let's start with shamanism in general. And the, the simplest way to describe that is nature speaks. Nature speaks. That doesn't mean you are necessarily going to understand what's being said, especially at first, if you just walk outside. But given time, given observation, nature speaks in all sorts of ways. And not just like words, a tree, burning bush talking to you. It's what you see, what you smell, what you hear, what you feel on your skin, what you feel. Just to go sideways for a second, when you we were talking about the gut and problems with the gut. I gave a presentation yesterday on the digestive tract, and something people don't realize is we have a whole bunch of brain cell neurons that line our digestive system and are constantly working with the entire body, talking to the brain, talking to the other different nervous systems in the body, and really helping control us, especially on emotions and wants, desires, fears, all that sort of thing. But in the end, when people try and separate things, it's... I had to study a lot of quantum mechanics, and there are three things that I took from quantum mechanics in my studies of quantum mechanics. Everything is connected, everything is connected, and everything is connected. <laughs> so each one of those three words is extremely important to the whole picture. There's no separation behind the scenes in the area, like you mentioned, where 
we can't see. The, it gets to the point where you can't use language, verbal language. You're reduced to just being used mathematics because mathematics in the end is one of the key voices of the universe. But we're drifting away from, from shamanism here because when people think about shamanism, again, they think, you know, witch doctors, bone in the nose, running around, animal skins, taking magic mushrooms and, and talking to leopards sort of thing. And it's sad that that's the, the motif that has been created around it. Because in the end, going back, it is understanding, yes, everything is connected. And in nature, that's it. We are all connected. And if you allow all your sensory organs to interact with nature, you start understanding things, the big picture. So give toss me a line here. So I because there's there's different ways I can go, but I, I wanna try and help you help your, your your viewers and everything. This topic of shamanism has popped up a lot in the past two years after I, I had to do a lot of soul searching and whatnot. And all of a sudden I get these random people telling me that that basically that that's what they see in me. And also some other things that I that I that I checked out and it's crazy. So I'm like, okay, so what is a shaman? Started doing some a little bit of research, not too much, because I really wanted to speak to people who really had those experiences or really knew or really knew. So I guess one of the one of the things that stood out to me that you said of of all the things that you said out is that you begin to experience like life, like you see that life is communicating to you in all ways always at all times it's the sensing i was thinking about this last night and i please just be, bear with me if i sound i just need to talk my alien language for a second it's the sensing and if if we're born dying and if we live one day on this planet that is a gift the gift of sensation we we sense and experience life through our sensations and it's it's quite natural for the part of us that came here to do the sensing so that we can do the experiencing for it to fear its mortality and try to forget about the fact that we are energetic beings. But that's truly what we are. We are energetic beings having a human experience through the sensing. And we get to experience all of these wonders and wonderful sensations and all of these not so wonderful sensations. But again, the sweet ain't sweet without the bitter. And isness, nothing exists without its opposite. And you know that. And so you accept the seasons of your heart. You accept the cycles. As it pertains to, to, to this topic of shamanism, I really wanted to understand what, why, like why are people, how is this related? And I'm gonna get real personal. Normally I try to keep it broad, but how is that? How could people look at me and say, shaman, I don't understand it. It's, you know what I'm saying? Oh, and, and it's obvious that you are a guide. You mm. are leading people. That is, so there's shamanism and there's shamans. The shamans are the ones who grasp the concepts what's before them and then use that information to help guide the, the, the tribe. Mm -hmm. But you're, you're looking at the people, you're talking to the people, you are sensing all sorts of information about the people, you're analyzing the people, you are picking up information that they may not even be necessarily be aware of because you're so in tune with human nature in general. And that, again, leads you to, well, if this is the issue, maybe if we send you this way, we can help you deal with that issue. So that's mm. that's the, the the shaman. They're they're the guides. They're more than just healers. Again, mm. going back to witch doctors and healers and rub these leaves on your skin. No, the purpose of the shaman is to help people understand 
their purpose in the tribe, their purpose on the planet, their purpose in the universe. Because the shamans have devoted themselves to understanding a little bit more how things work than the people running around trying to make a living, <laughs> basically. They've, they've led their lives to contemplation and study and trial and error and trial and experimentation and all this to really grasp what's going on. Mm-hmm. There we go. You in a nutshell. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> Hey, brother, that's crazy. I feel so seen right now. <laughs> it's crazy because in when I looked up, and again, these are just tools, but the tool of human design, when I did my profile and got deep into that, that's exactly what it said. It said I was I was sent here to be again. It also later on, and that's that's when the first time the word shaman popped up, it basically was like you are here to basically be a 2022 shaman. This is this is what you hear. This is why you have these sorts of experience, these sorts of experiences. This is why you move this. This is why you see this and other people can't see this. And you're trying to figure out why other people can't see what you see. It's not meant for them to see. It's meant for you to see and why you connect with nature the way like I've been nature has been talking to me all my life. Like I've learned so much from nature, just going outside and like you can it's yeah, it's this unspoken language, is this sensing. Like something it's the flow it's the flow i love that yeah and that's what life and energy and nature is it's it's the flow of energy matter and energy are inconvert or can be replaced by each other they're they're basically two sides of the coin and just the the energy radiates you had mentioned multiple people have called you a shaman and i find that not surprising because of why we discussed this but part of the reason i wonder you know the people attract certain types of people it's just when they have some sort of aura or essence, it attracts other people with that sort of aura or essence. And one of the effects with this is it could be somewhat of a self-selecting group. You kind of get similar people. This leads to the language of those people, the people that were attracted to you in their mind. They're, they're not thinking, he's not like a medical doctor. He's, what 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 is the other, th- there's more to him. There's nature and this. Shamans, yes, yes, he's a shaman, yeah. the, the one who, who explains the shadows. So that it, it, it'd be interesting to see how other people, after spending some time with you, would describe you. Would they use jump to that shaman language or would they find some other, uh, the, the prophet or guide or <laughs> scout or now, different things like that? I literally call myself guide. I even had that in my treatment plans, like in my private practice, my licensed private practice, because I wanted my clients to understand that I'm just here to guide. I'm just merely a guide. You got to do the walking. And also a guide can only bring you as far as they've come and not come to understand and know. So that's sort of kind of like my informed consent. Like I'm merely a guide. And I can only guide you as far as I've come to know. So just understand that there are even limitations to my understanding, you know? So it's all different names for very similar things. It's it's mm-hmm. more how is the person interpreting the language than the language itself. So yes. Leads into all sorts of things. Yeah. Mm. What words mean to different people and the, the visual pictures they create. And- yes. Doc, are, are, do you have, if there, is there any curiosity there? Do you have a question? Because I have more questions. No, I'm I'm having fun. Hit me with the questions. Okay. The, otherwise, right. I have to reveal myself. And to you, that sounds dangerous. You may point out <laughs> some things I'm trying to keep hidden. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, brother, we have come here. The, pers- <laughs> the mission statement, man, is to assist others in developing the audacity to live unapologetically authentic. You are free here, brother. You are safe uh, here, right. man. I know. <laughs> but freedom is, that's, a lot of people don't want to be free. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Scared of freedom, pushing themselves into their own self-chosen prison, built off of their fears. And that is the hardest prison to escape, the one you can't see, touch, taste, or smell. Mm-hmm. That invisible prison. That's the matrix. Yep. That's that's the whole purpose of my Mohawk is to remind me I have escaped the the conformity and that prison. And I am trying to live as my own person. Mm. As a fellow shaman. So tell me, sir, okay. how does shamanism tie into foraging? And, and I definitely want to get back to Jungian shadows because we want to tie in a little bit more Jung to this, this shamanism and connect that. But how, first, how does shamanism connect with foraging? And then second, how does shamanism connect with Carl Jung? Okay, let's start first with the whole foraging thing. And the simple answer is nature. Mm. If you are going back to the shamanism, it is letting nature speak to you. If you're sitting, if you're sitting in the living room, surrounded by four walls your entire life, you're not going to get a lot of messages from the universe. You're not going to develop an understanding there as easily as when you're out, cause and effect, and everything else, and just just sensing and letting the nature wash over you. As a forager, I have to be very observant of nature to find what I'm looking for. Because over time, you start realizing not just how to look for a specific plant, but you learn what are the other plants that indicate this plant may be around. Mm. So if you think about it, you, you in, in one world, they call them plant guilds, plant guilds, mm. where you will find a number of the same plants together. And so instead of just looking for one particular plant, you're looking for any number of these other plants, which will then suggest that the plant you're looking for is also going to be there. So you're starting to get this bigger connection to nature. Mm. So that, that's, that's a key, key thing. And then the ecosystems, the weather, what the weather was three days ago, all this sort of stuff, mm. it all comes into play. Like when I'm doing these cooking classes and so forth, I kind of have an idea, but until the very morning, that's when I go, okay, this is what's going to be in the recipe because I know what the weather has been. I know what's on these properties, away we go. But mm. to, to forage well <laughs> and to bring other people out, you really need the whole picture. The whole picture. The whole, the whole ecosystem. What's going, if you're wanting to go to the grocery store, mm. you kind of know what part of the town the grocery store is going to be in. It's not going to be out in some junky area or something like that. You, you, you know where to find your food in the modern world. It's what are the signs? You're talking about, oh, there's a Kroger or H-E-B or Piggly Wiggly or something. And inside the grocery store, you know where things are going to be. With, with foraging, it's that same sort of understanding, but having that view of nature. It's where things are. You know how to find things. What's in season, what isn't. But the big picture. What's helping each other? Usually plants are growing together because they help each other. So speaking of real quick, I'd be remiss if I did not ask you this, why it popped in my mind. The book, man, did your new book come out yet? Yes, it came out last Tuesday. I'm glad that your new book came out, man. And again, I just preach. I'm appreciative for you for that weekend, man. Seriously, it was that space. You saw me wander off from the group a little bit as we were going back towards. And it was Again, the feeling, the sensing, the sensations opened up with the wind and 
and I'm sensing all of this energy on this historic path. Can you tell the people about the path that we were on again? Oh, so the path I'm personally on or what was going that day when we that were day, together? That day, the path with it. Oh, oh, uh, the, the, okay, yeah. So we were foraging and cooking and feasting at a place called uh, Cato Mounds Historic Site here in Texas. And part of there, there is a, a, a trail, the El Camino Royal, which is the road that led from Mexico City all the way to New Orleans, Louisiana. I didn't realize that a couple of weeks ago, I was in, in Louisiana at New Orleans and, and discovered the same thing and read more of the history. But yeah, from Mexico City all the way up into New Orleans, there's still bits and pieces of this road. This trail is really what it was, because especially with the Native Americans, they had no wheels. It was a footpath, but it was a footpath that led from Mexico City all the way into to the area that's now New Orleans. And so for, for thousands of years, it was a trade route and all this sort of thing. When others showed up, the Westerners showed up, that trail was already there. It was convenient. They had found the easiest way to go. So, so let's keep doing this. So yeah, it's, it's a very, very ancient path that people have mm. been walking for a long, 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 long time. It was on that path too, where I started to like really begin to like feel the energy of that place. That's why I had to just stay there for a little while and just sit in that, man. So I guess, yeah, the way that you describe nature has always spoken to me, man. And I've learned so much from it. I even describe it in my practice using nature. I give examples. I said, when, when you, when you, when it it pertains to connections, you want to make sure that you're on equal frequency. And what I call equal frequency, I guess, to make it more practical is you want to have a similar value set because if not, it's like a cold and warm front coming together. There's bound to be storms because everything seeks out balance and equilibrium. And so as you were talking about nature and how shamanism is it's really deep into nature and reading and understanding and interpreting and communicating, I'm like, okay, now I'm okay. I'm beginning to understand now. Yeah, bro, that's, that's, that's awesome, man. If you're seeking a life coach, nocturnal therapist is the name and mental alchemy is the game. If you want to understand how to transmute, transform, and transcend these challenges and these challenging emotions, find me at the School of Outliers at becomingoutlier.com slash links. Again, that's becomingoutlier.com slash links. Stay lit and agape. Was that everything that you want to say on shamanism and foraging? Let's, let's give the, the viewers one more example. Please, because you heard me, you say, you heard me talk about this at the, at the class as an herbalist. One of the questions I get a lot is how did we learn the plants are medicinal, which plants help us, which plants hurt us? Was it just trial and error? And no, it wasn't trial and error. The trial and error involved would have taken far too long. If you look at the historical records, if you talk to the indigenous tribes that are still around hunting, gathering, like in the Amazon and places like that. When you ask them, how do you know these plants are medicinal? The response is, has been and remains, the plants told us. Hmm. The plants told us. And again, going back into Western nomenclature, language, interpretation of words, they're thinking the shaman was in some ashwagandha or some sort of hallucinogen trip. And a plant is saying, hey, use me for fevers and malaria. And that's not what's going on. And so in my studies of humans and biochemistry, all, all this stuff tied together, one of the things I found repeatedly 
occurred with people lost at sea. Mm. They'd be in a lifeboat floating around, their, their boat sunk, and so they're in this little life raft, and they have a fishing kit, and they're catching fish, and they're reeling in the fish, and they're eating the meat of the fish, the shushami, the raw meat, because they can't build a fire in a, a life raft. This goes on for about six weeks. But after six weeks, a really interesting thing occurs. It's like a switch gets flipped in their brain. And now they they catch the fish. They're looking at the fish and going, wow, those eyeballs look fantastic. I want to eat those eyeballs. And the liver here? Yeah, I want to eat that. And there's other squishy bits here. I don't know what they are, but I really want to eat them. Why have I just been eating the meat? There's all this other good stuff here, which before that switch was flipped, they'd think was disgusting. They didn't want to eat. But the body knows what it needs. Like I said, we have the brain cells lining our stomach. It's constantly analyzing what we're getting, seeing what is needed and telling the brain, hey, we need X. So when they're catching this fish and they realize that after six weeks, they're starting to develop malnutrition issues. And the brain is saying, okay, I know there's stuff in those eyeballs. I can sense through the smell, through the color, through the little bits that I've tasted, there's stuff in there. The fish speaks to the fisherman mm. and says, there's stuff here you need to eat. And the brain goes, I, yeah, give me those eyeballs. And away you go. So when we hear the plants told us, it's from deep study by the, by the shaman, observing, tasting, sensing, smelling, crushing, experiencing the plants. And then at some point, the brain goes, hey, you know what? Mm. Your liver has been a little wonky this eat 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 this mm. let's eat this see what happens because i'm thinking there's something here because it's it's our brain works that way it if you let it experience things and study things it can pick out what it wants there was a fascinating study that just came out and it was completely unsurprising to me but if you put a bunch of different types of food in front of people they naturally gravitate to the foods that they need for nutritional value and they're you're random healthy americans but you know they have grapes and bananas and twinkies and beef and sausage and on bacon and peas and strawberries and all this stuff there and then they just they take blood samples and study the person before then let them in here and see and that they they gravitate to what they need they don't realize they need it you know and a, and a forehead front of the brain cerebral cortex part of the part part but the, the brain and the stomach brain are saying, yeah, that's what you need. Yes. So that's how things are speaking to us. Yeah. And it's not just nutrition. It's peace of mind. Mm. You, you need to be out here and listen to the wind for a while. Mm. Trust me, you're going to be better if you just come out here and listen to the wind and let nature sounds and so forth. Your brain needs that soothing excitement sort of thing. Yes. So it's not just at a, a nutritional level. It's a whole everything. Yes. To this day, I ride with my windows down. Even if the AC is on, because sometimes <laughs> I get uh, kind of hot down in Louisiana. Still, windows right. down. I need that air. I need mm -hmm. that air. That's why the dogs have their head out the window, because they're, they're it's, oh, so much stuff to sense. Yeah. I'm learning so much here. This is awesome. The sensing. Oh, my goodness. The sensing. And so just... Opening, unplugging your senses and opening up your sensing, it like clean, like having that purge. When I went to Africa, as a matter of fact, that was amazing for me. I've, I ate more there than I've ever eaten in my life. 
but end up losing 30 pounds. I was there for a month and a half and lost 30 pounds. I would wake up with the, the roosters, um, like no issue as before I had to take sleeping pills. And I guess being away from electronics, cell phones and computers and not really having that, I just naturally became grounded and on the same cycle and rhythm as nature. And the sensing, the best way I could put it, I told my then friend at the time, now wife, I told her, I said, I feel God everywhere here. I said, when I'm in the States, I have to clear out the pollution to truly sense. But I said, here, there's no, there's just a sensing. There's no, there's no block here. Everything is just clear. And I didn't know, I didn't know what, if I didn't know which, how she would respond to that. I know she had understood, she understood. And what I really didn't know is that that was, I said that to her on a safari and there were eight other people like sitting down below and we were up top. And so when I said that the wind was going and everything like that, so I had to speak a certain volume, had no idea everybody below heard me. So when I went and got, got down there, they were like, that was a nice sermon you gave up there, Rev. That <laughs> <laughs> needed to be heard. <laughs> but man, just just being with life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, okay. Let me, let me throw one thing out there. For, yeah, for you non-believers out there, think about this. Human, our special power is to analyze our environment and find resources in it that allow us to do things far beyond any other creature. Mm. That is our whole, our brain is designed to look around and go, ooh, this fiber would make great cordage. Once I have cordage, I can make a net, which I can catch fish, which then I can eat the fish, which is, ooh, fish eyeballs, good stuff. And, and so we are constantly designed to be analyzing everything around us and thinking, how can I use this? That some people take it to extremes and start using everything and everyone. Not so good, but that that is what our brains do. Mm-hmm. You know, what can I do with the resources? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That adaptation and the brain, the brain being an amazing tool. But when you tap into life, you can you can see that it's not supposed to be the vanguard. Something else is guiding that tool. And I guess that's not, I guess that's that's pretty much what this journey is about, huh? Returning back to that sense of that core oneness, however you want to describe it, return back to love, ultimately reintegrate <laughs> with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Pretty much we see what division exists in the in society right now and the culture wars and this and that. That division first begin with the individual before it spreads to the society. Society is no more than a depiction of what's going on individually with each one of us. Cain and Abel. There you go. So Jungian Shadows, Doc. And oh, oh, by the way, did you notice you and I, we just just so happened. Yeah, oh, I, right when we went on, I see, we have similar colored shirts on. Yeah. I, I basically like, have that? two shirts that work with the green screen. <laughs> and I used one yesterday, and so I needed one today. But yeah. So check this out. Right before our show, I had on a different shirt. And me, I don't need like a logical reason. If I feel like putting on a different shirt, I'll put on a different shirt. And it was just like. I don't know. I don't feel this shirt. So let me go through. And then the red shirt was just ah, like there was a light on it. And I was like, okay, well, put on that shirt, put on the vest. Let's do it. Everything just so happened to be the same color, pretty much the same color. It's crazy, man. That's crazy. Yeah. It's only crazy if you're not used to that sort of thing. You're right. At this point, it's, <sighs> it's still amazing. Well, it's definitely, well, everything is amazing. Yes. It's definitely amazing. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, but what word but, what word did you say? What word would you use? Well, the the 
<laughs> You're thinking I pay attention to what I'm saying, but <laughs> you know, not a, not a synchronicity, but just a, a connection. The 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 frequencies were there, saying, you know, this is what mm. everything is connected. Connectivity, Maybe. sensory input, looking at the universe in the same way. It's going to sound weird, but you know, they've done the studies where the twins have been separated at birth, and they both end up marrying a blonde-headed woman named Lois. And they're firefighters and they have two kids and they both burnt toast and all this sort of thing. So there's, there's entanglement amongst, yeah. Ooh, ooh, entanglement. Now we're getting back <laughs> into quantum mechanics. Yeah. Spooky action at a distance. Yes. The entanglement. Uh, Doc, we're going to go I mean, with I your did, word on this one. I did broach it. I did broach it. So if you wanted to tell the people about entanglement real quick. Okay. Oh man. Without going into the math, but. When you look at subatomic particles, one of their characteristics is what's called a spin state. So when we normally think of an object, we think height, width, depth, those three things. But when you get down to the subatomic world, there are other physical descriptors you need to describe the, the object. And so spin state is one of them. And when you have particles, that are entangled, what they have is their spin sets, states are connected. They're, they'll have one that's up and one that's down. Then if for something, something perturbs the system, they switch. I'm trying to stay on the green screen. And now the opposite will be up and the other will be down. Mm -hmm. But what happens though with uh, quantum entanglement, if you separate these and put them light years apart and you perturb this one and flip it up, They've shown that the other one, very, very far away, not light years, but you know, one in Europe and one in America, it instantly flips. Even though there's no longer any physical measurable connection, they are still talking to each other behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, it's, yeah, the, the spooky action at a distance. Yes. The, the, the vernacular to describe what's going on. Yes. And so in that in that space, I know we're going to get we're going to get it to Jungian in, in just a second, y'all. OK, so in that space, it's it really shows that every collision that we, we there is no true loss. Yes. Not if we're forever entangled. Mm -hmm. Most you know? definitely. Now you're getting it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love quantum mechanics, man, and quantum cool. physics. As a matter of fact, uh, it's it's one of the things I love the merger between what the the spiritual truths that are in the deeper religion, traditional religions, the spiritual truths that are there. I see the merger between that and science with quantum physics and quantum mechanics, and that's what I love about it is that it's showing that it's saying the same story but from different perspectives you hear about the the, the theory and then we're gonna move on the theory of superposition i mean how far away is that from omnipresence a like, great book write this down the the dancing Wu li masters the dancing woo w-u li l-i masters write it down read it wait w-u and then space l-i Wu li dancers and it's it's a quantum mechanics book disguised as a Zen treatise, <laughs> and it's it's absolutely fascinating. Now I think I wrote down the title wrong. The the, the dancing Wooly dancers. Uh, oh, sorry, the dancing Wooly masters. Masters. Yeah, masters. I, I I got confused as I no. slowed down. No, that's me. Okay, got it. Yeah. 
will be checking that one out. You ain't got to give me You're a gonna like uh, it. getting a, yeah. a new book. Yeah, I love I love these uh, man, quantum physics, quantum mechanics, man, I love Oh, it helps to understand so much and that liberation. But when you understand more, when you truly know more, it it liberates you, it frees you, it expands your awareness. And so you can see from the panoramic view instead of the snapshot view of life, you move from eye level to sky level is what I call it. You're just more expansive in that space. So now, now that we're towards... Well, let, me, let me throw one other thing on top of that. Oh, though. please, please. But by that expansion, it also expands your responsibilities. Mm. See, man, you can't just throw that out there and not say a little bit more on that, please. It's okay, going back to Spider-Man, you know, we say with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. So the more the more you understand, it almost becomes a fire in you to help others see what you see. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're, I don't know. This will eventually segue. Are you familiar with H.P. Lovecraft in the Cthulhu mythos? It's, he was a he was a science fiction horror writer. From the turn of the century, H.P. Lovecraft and his Cthulhu mythos, which was... What? You know what? I never heard of them before in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So one of the reoccurring themes in his stories is that humans are exposed to these elder gods on other dimensions, and they are driven insane because Mm. the, the mind can't grasp it. And the best way of explaining this is they see behind the scene. They see this huge, bigger picture for this brief moment of time when they're in the presence of these elder creatures. They see the truth, and then they're shoved back down into earth, and they have this knowledge that they can no longer share with people because they don't have the words. They don't have the language. They don't have the ability to share this wonderful and terrible vision that they had. And Mm -hmm. that's what the madness is. And so I I tell people, I have to be the preacher I am, because if I don't, I will, I'll get swallowed by a whale. This is why I'm put here. But it's, it's, it's in a way, it's almost a madness. I, 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 I've seen things that I need to share with people. And I think (laughs) from you, you're, you're in that area too, where it's, I have to do this because I see more. So as a guide, as a shaman, We've taken on that role and now we got to run with it and walk with it and crawl with it and fly with it and, and help others see and hear and smell and feel and all that. But anyway, okay. What was your question? No, no, no. Man, look, we flowing it. We just flowing with it. And, and the episode is going to be what it is, but yeah. yeah, the scene, there's something in me. It's, it's, and I described it to my wife, but we were dating at the time like something like trying its best to get out of me. Like it just, and I'm like, you don't understand because you become from the outside obsessed from the outside looking in you, you, it it appears that you're obsessed and maybe you are, but at that point you really don't give a damn. And maybe that's that by textbook, the definition of obsessed. I don't know, but it doesn't really matter to the person because that fire, the only thing to soothe, the only thing that gives like real life to that fire is to speak it and to be it and to be in it and to just immerse yourself in it and to know more about it and then speak more about it. And it's all, man, this thing, and it's finally come out for me over the past two years. At the same time, I'm learning about human design and and now people call me a shaman and now me understanding what shamanism is. And man, it's, it's all connected. Okay. This actually is a perfect segue. Okay. 
work with me here. Okay, so Jungian shadows, the shadows are basically the parts of us that we refuse to admit, the parts that we are ashamed of, the parts that we fear, the parts that we think are wrong or bad or evil. And because that's a big part of people, that has become a very dominant role in psychoanalysis and all this stuff. What, what are you hiding from yourself? But going back to what we were just talking about, you never hear or very rarely do you hear about the light beings, the parts in us that are striving, like you said, to get out and be announced to the world. Mm. Two sides of mm. the coin. There are the things we try and keep hidden, but there's the things we want to release. Mm. So, mm. Uh, mm. That's a great summary. Look, Matt, Doc, you did it. That, that's it. That's all we needed to say. That, that's worthy for the title of, of Jungian Shadows and, and Shamanism. Perfect. Knock and Doc. Y'all heard it. Knock and dock. We laid it down like I knew we were going to lay it down. Unplanned. Just do dudes talking here. And yeah, man, I mean, even the shirts unplanned. We may look like we did, but but it's connected and flowing. And we synchronicity. Yeah, we we've seen like in the the soldiers, they say I've seen the elephant in the mm. military. That means they've seen battle. They have been in a life or death battle situation. And once you've mm. been in that sort of situation, it changes you. You're not like the others but there's all sorts of experiences that set you not like the others and mm. that connection that understanding that that slightly bigger grasp of what nature is saying that's mm. a whole nother elephant yes we've, we've seen the tree there we go i don't know look Ooh, i like that we've seen the tree because there's more to the tree than we see oh yes yes we know we don't just know of we know yeah. Just like layers, again, crust, the, the Earth's crust, there's layers to the Earth's crust. And the deeper you go, eventually, no matter where you start at, we all reach the same core. Mm. It's just where you're at on your journey. For the shamanism, that's why I say a guide can only bring you as far as they've come, because you have to do some stuff. Like, you have to be desirous. Like, they had to, not just desirous, but there had to be something in you that's causing that desire. <laughs> Almost sacrificial at times, if you ask the family. Right. Right, exactly. And and that's the thing, the sacrifices that you have to make, because you know that it costs sacrifices and you know what it's going to cost you and your love, mainly your loved ones. But and they don't know because they, they may think that you're just being an a-hole, but they don't know that this thing in you, you you can't help. Like you just know that you got to do something with it, that you got to uh, like you got to release it. There's no option for you. Otherwise, it's torture. It's torture. <laughs> so we get in on, on that note. Like, it's torture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be a shaman. It's <laughs> no, it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. But there's, again, there is, there's, nothing exists without its opposite, yin and yang. And so we have to accept all seasons of our heart. It's good to be able to sense on the level of sensing that we're able to sense. And at the same time, there's there's a, there's a moon to, to that revolves around the earth that that is there because the sun is there to help out the sun. And so what every sun considers there to be a moon. And so the moon side of that is, is that, yeah, you have to make some sacrifices and people have to make some sacrifices and that they go interpret what you do one way, but because they're looking at a snapshot and not the panoramic view, they ain't got the full picture. And that's not for everybody, but you know, but I'm just saying it happens often on this path and you still got to choose to, well, you don't really have much of a choice, but to continue to move forward. It doesn't give you a choice. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And hope that they come along, love them just the same and understand that like, that's the thing. I can, un I could understand 
why, from the perspective, from where I'm seeing, I can totally understand why others react the way that they react, be it, be it favorable or not, or unfavorable. I can understand it. But when you're moving in that space, you only know, <laughs> you only know if you've seen the tree or you haven't seen the tree. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you only know. Yeah. Doc, man, it's been a pleasure to have you on here, brother. Thank you so much Always. for being on the show, man. Seriously. Always a joy. It's, hey, it's it, fun to talk about things like this, to, to let the creature out. <laughs> yes. With people who, who are starting to understand. Yes. Y'all saw the information. And for the, those of y'all who are listening to this on the podcast, you can go down at the bottom, the links at www.medicinemanplant.com co.co.com so medicine man plant co.co.com all right check them out on facebook at medicine man plant co and also instagram at mm plant co thank you doc thank you and yo to the outlier to the outlier tribe out there i appreciate y'all if you have not make sure you go and get that free guide to shadow work at becomingoutlier.com slash links also you get a free meditation up there there's also my meditation subscription there's also the podcast up there there's also the first version of the ebook which is a very generic well not generic but a very light way of introducing what happens with repressed emotions. And also I have my life coaching program launched this year, as well as the mini course. And so I have, I have a good little buffet and I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. I'm, I'm only getting warmed up. I think I'm like lukewarm right now. I ain't hot yet, but I'm more like lukewarm. But y'all check it out. Becomingoutlier.com slash links. I am the nocturnal therapist. We have Dr. Mark Merriweather, Order Bruggen, it is not a vampire yo more of a werewolf (laughs) the werewolves don't usually get the cool names this has been another episode of is that so y'all i appreciate y'all mad love and respect and stay lit